one thing. Thank you, Lord. First Kings 8, 56. It says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he promised. There has not failed not one word of all his good promises, which he promised through his servant Moses. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people. God wants to give you rest. God wants you to rest. And he says here, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people according to all of what he has promised. God has promised you some things and you need to remember those promises. It says there has not failed not one of all of his good promises, which he promised through his servant Moses. Not one word of all of his promises, because the word of the Lord is settled in the heavens. The Bible says that forever, O Lord, your word is settled. That is in Psalms 119.89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. That means it's settled. That means when God spoke it, it was already done. And it's going to just manifest in our life, like we're going to see it. But God spoke it, and it's done. Amen? Amen? This is what the word says. For God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should change his mind, according to Numbers Numbers 23, yeah? So we need to know that God is not a man that he should lie. When God promises you something, he's going to fulfill it. You've got to hang on to the promise of God, though. That's the key, and that's the critical part. We must hang on to the promises of God. We just read, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people according to all that he has promised. Not one thing has failed. I want you to say it with me. Not one promise, not one promise has failed. Not one promise has failed. I want you to put your hand over your heart and I want you to say, Lord, not one promise that you have spoken to me has failed. Not one, not one. Now I want you to turn to somebody else and I want you to tell them not one promise that the Lord has spoken to you has failed. Not one, not even one, not even one. This, amen, amen, this present darkness shall pass over you, church of God. This present darkness shall pass over you. You've got to know that God has not left you in this position or condition. You've got to know that God is working all things together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. You've got to know that the goodness of God is overwhelming you, chasing you down. You just got to know that. Say, I got to know that. I got to know that my God is good. I just got to know. I know that my God is good and that he is for me. I know that he always looks to me and that he's, he's looking for me. He's looking at his word and his word is coming down upon my life and his word is actually being produced in my life because he's watching over his word to perform it that's what it says his word says so in jeremiah i am watching over my word to perform it all of my promises are yes and amen so it's our job to actually hang on to the promises of god and remember them this will pass this present darkness will pass before the 10th plague the plague of death death of the firstborn. Provision was already made. I want you to know that God had already made his provision before the plague ever even came to, pay, to place. And we know God is the same. He doesn't change. He's, he's the same today, forever, and always, right? He's the same. Before the 10th plague actually came about, God had already made his provision for his children. And it's called Passover. Somebody say Passover. God had already made the provision before it even before any of the destruction happened. And so God has already made provision for you. 
God has already made provision in your life. So you may be going through some things, but God has already made provision for you. Amen? So we got to know that and we got to remember that in the middle of the problem. God has already made provision for me and I'm not going to be concerned. Remember, not one promise has failed. We're going to hang on to that scripture. Some, we need to hang on. Moses kept the promise of God alive. It is our job to keep the promises of God alive in and through the testing, church. It is our job. God says, I have promised it for you. I've already promised it for you, but you've got to keep it alive in and through the trial. In and through the trial. Moses kept the promises of God alive, and he kept on decreeing it to the people. He kept on decreeing it to the people, right? And we must remember that the promises that God has given us, we're going to keep them alive in and through the testing because they're all coming to pass when we hang on to them, right? So there's something we have to do. Let's look at Exodus 6. Hallelujah. I'm taking my time tonight. Glory to God. Exodus 6, 6. And it says this, therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I mean, he could just stop right there. It says it all. I am the Lord. I am the great I am. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. You've said it all. You've said enough. I am the Lord. But he says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. He says, I will bring you out. The Lord is bringing you out. The Lord is bringing you out. You got to know that. You got to see it. The Lord is bringing you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Some of you are under some heavy burdens, but the Lord is bringing you out of all of them. Every promise is yes and amen, saith the Lord, to the glory of God. He says, I will rescue you. I will rescue you. If you believe God at his word, because his word never returns unto us void, if we know that his word is eternal, it's everlasting, it's unending, then we have to know that when we read a scripture like this, he says here, I will rescue you from their bondage, from their bondage, I will rescue you, I do not change, then don't let doubt have a place in your life. If you let doubt have a place in your life, you're doubting God and that does not please him. Only faith pleases God. Amen. Say faith. Faith. I'm going to live by faith. Uh, Lord, I thank you for faith. I'm going to live by faith. Uh, faith is what pleases you. I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am. Then you shall know that I am. When you go through that trial and you see the face of God, the hand of God, though you didn't know you were going to, you were up against a wall, but then you saw God move. Then you knew, oh, he is God. I know that you are God. He says, I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am the Lord who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. There is nothing too difficult for God. There is nothing too difficult. I don't care what you see, what you hear, and what you feel. There is nothing too difficult for God. Verse 8 says, I will bring you into the land which I swore. The promises that God has spoken to you, he says, I will bring you into those, into those promises, into the land that I swore, that, that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. He's given it to you as an inheritance. Amen? Amen. When the Passover was instituted, the Bible says that the blood shall be a sign for you. The blood shall be a sign for you. 
in this church, we preach on the blood of Jesus. In this church, we believe the power of the blood. And we apply the blood of Jesus over our lives, over ourselves, over the church, over the circumstances. We believe in the blood. And we apply the blood. The blood of Jesus speaks, still speaks, speaks a better word than able. It still speaks the blood of Jesus. Amen? When I see the blood, let's go to Exodus 12. When I see the blood, hallelujah. Exodus 12, 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you. Say it's a sign. On the houses where you are, did you apply the blood today? Have you applied the blood today? Did you apply the blood over your mind? Did you apply the blood over your mind, over your heart? Did you apply the blood over your marriage, over your children, over your houses today? Did you apply the blood? He says, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when he sees the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Come on, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 by your right hand, but it will not come near you, saith the Lord. It's not coming near you when you apply the blood. Let's make sure we apply the blood. We apply the blood. Don't let any doubt, don't let any negativity, and don't let any unbelief creep into your mind. Apply the blood. It is the wonder-working power, and the blood still speaks, and the blood still works, and the blood will always work. And Satan is afraid of the blood. And Satan is afraid of the word. And Satan is afraid of you. And I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment. See, Passover was a judgment against all the gods of Egypt. Hear me now. Passover was a judgment against all the gods of Egypt. Not the children of God. So it was a judgment unto the children of Egypt, but it was perfect protection for God's people. The very same thing, the very same Passover, right? The very same blood. It was a judgment for one, and it was perfect provision for another. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That which is destruction to some is deliverance to another. You got to know what side you're on. I think you know what side you're on. That which is destruction to one is deliverance to another. That which is destruction to the camp of the enemy is deliverance to you. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Are you walking with this truth? That means in every area of your life, in every area of your life, that which the enemy tries to bring that argument, and let's just make it plain. Make it plain? Let's make it plain. That which the enemy tries to bring, that, that argument in your relationship, your husband, wife, your, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your, your children, you and your children, that which the enemy is trying to bring, that argument. The enemy is trying to bring the argument. The enemy wants it to be a destruction, but God's saying, no, you have a choice. Let it pass over because I want to deliver you. That which is a destruction for the enemy is actually provision for you. Say yes. Somebody say yes. I'm taking the provision that God has given me and I'm going to let God be God in my life. You know, Mark 16, 18, true, true Christians are going to take up serpents. 
true Christians, if you drink anything deadly, it is not going to hurt you. And when you lay your hands upon the sick, you're going to recover. That which is destruction to some is deliverance to another. That which is destruction to some is deliverance to another. When God tells you, get up and go, and everyone else says, why are you doing that? That's crazy. That's, that's irresponsible. What if you get sick? What if you come down with a... What if you get... You just, if God told you to do it, then let me tell you something. Jesus went and he touched the lepers and he didn't become leprous. Did God tell you to do it? Then do it. Did he tell you not to do it? Then don't. Are you hearing the voice of God? We must. We must hear the voice of God. Let every other voice be silenced right now in the name of Jesus. Let every other voice be silenced in your mind, in your life, and not just in this present moment, but continuously. Let every other voice be silenced in the mighty name of Jesus that you're going to hear from the one true God, almighty King of kings and Lord of lords. Let every other voice be silenced that you're going to hear from God almighty and follow and obey after him and only him. Thank you, Abba. For 430 years, the Hebrews lived in Egypt, and most of that time, they were in bondage. It's a long time to be in bondage, somebody. God was delivering his people, but it was not instantaneously. It could have been, but sometimes God's going to allow you to see his mighty hand at work, because your faith is being built up. Sometimes God is going to allow you to see God's perfect provision and you are, your muscles, your spiritual muscles are going to be strengthened through it all. Look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Let's start with verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Surely. Surely. That means absolutely 100%. There is no question about it. Surely he's going to deliver you. He is delivering you from the snare of the fowler and from the pest, is this from the perilous pestilence. Pestilence, deadly disease. From the pestilence, deadly disease that is affecting a community. Pestilence. Stop being afraid of a pestilence. Stop being afraid of a, of a variant. Stop being afraid of some virus. Stop being afraid from that which you should have authority over. Stop being afraid. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? From the perilous pestilence, from that attack that comes like a plague. It's okay, because we're, we're supposed to attack the attack. We're supposed to attack the attack. You need to learn how to attack the attack. You need to learn how to get your sword out and say, I see you, devil. I'm going to attack that attack. I see you coming, devil. Oh, no, you don't. Not on my watch. So from the perilous pestilence. And under his wings you shall take refuge. Do you know that when we take refuge under the wings of our heavenly father, God, that's your saving place. That's your secret place. That, that's the place where you fellowship with him. That's, that's the place where you have koinonia with him, right? Amen? Amen? That's where you tabernacle with him. That, that's where you have continuous unbroken fellowship with him. That's where everything happens. 
because that's where you get your instruction. That's where you get your faith. That's where you get the power of God because he will deposit that unto you that you have sat under his feathers, under his wings, and he's filled you up with the more. And then you go out and you say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you when we were in the secret place. I know what you told me to do, and I'm going to go. I don't care what is being spoken. I don't care what the naysayers are saying. I don't care what fingers are being pointed. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to go where you called me to go because I trust you and you alone. Because you remember the promise in the midst of the trial. Because you remember the promise because he spoke it to you. If he didn't speak it to your neighbor, then don't expect your neighbor to remember the promise. He spoke it to you. If he didn't speak it to your husband, then don't expect your husband to remember the promise. He spoke it to you. If he didn't speak it to your wife, don't think your wife is supposed to remember. He spoke it to you. Remember the promises he spoke to you and act on them. Because when you don't, you lose. Kind of simple. But when you don't, you lose. So remember the promises in the midst of the trial. We got to remember the promises. Coronavirus is a pestilence. It's like that pestilence, that perilous pestilence that comes like a plague, you know. But I'll tell you, we're victorious over it, Church of God. You are victorious over it because uh, I don't know why so many people, you know, it's not the first sickness we've ever heard of, guys. It's not the first thing that we've heard of, guys. It's not going to be the last either. News, that might be news for some people. Not going to be the last thing we hear either. But if Jesus went, and if Jesus healed the sick, and if he raised the dead, and if he said that my spirit is in you, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the same resurrection power lives on the inside of you, then you've got to know that there's no weapon formed against you. And if God's called you to it, he's equipped you for it. If he's called you to it, he's equipped you for it. And God has called you because we just read it in his word. Now, specifically, he'll tell you what you are to do with that. Amen? So he used the ten plagues to gain the release of the Hebrews from Pharaoh. Say so he used the ten plagues to gain their freedom. He's going to use everything and make it work out for my good. I believe that, do you? Everything. Everything. And everything is everything. Right now, God is truly separating. He's separating the wheat from the tares. True Christianity from those that are not. And let me tell you something. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Neither is this ministry. My team's like, tell me about it. But we're stronger together, and we keep on growing, and we keep on fighting the fight like the Word of God says. Fight the good fight. When you've done all else to stand, then stand, mighty soldiers in Christ. You can't be afraid because it doesn't come from God. Hey, if you've seen the face of God, how can you be afraid? And I, don't, I mean, like, if you've been encountered by God, like if he's revealed himself to you, how can you sit there and be afraid? If you've been in the word and you see what the word has spoken to you, how can you allow fear to grip you? You're looking at the wrong thing. That's how come. That's how. At that moment, you're looking at the wrong thing. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. At that moment, you've got to shift your focus. Let's turn to Exodus 112. 
How many of you have your Bibles here tonight? Remember, this is church. Exodus 1.12. But the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. The more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. And it doesn't even end there. Because it gets better. Somebody says it's about ready to get better. It's about ready to get better. Look at this. And they were in the dread of the children of Israel. Nobody got it. Think about it for a moment, church. Awaken, bride. The more the Israelites were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. They didn't stop. They didn't go, it's too hard. They didn't quit. The more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. And then what happened? And they were in the dread of the children of Israel. The people were afraid that the enemy should be so afraid of you. The enemy should be so afraid of you. He should be threatened when you put your feet on the ground. He should be so threatened because you carry the spirit of God. You carry the spirit of God. Let me tell you something. You have to make the enemy afraid of you. I can't do it for you. You, I can help you. I can equip you. I can impart. I can pray. I can, you know, I can preach. The word is being preached. You're, you're growing in your faith. But you have to make the enemy afraid of you. Say, somebody, I'm going to make the enemy afraid of me. Because I'm going to use the word of God. And I'm getting my sword out. And I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost fire. I'm walking in Holy Ghost fire. I know exactly what I'm walking about. I know when I lay my hands, something's going to happen. I know when I point my finger, something's going to happen. Do you? That's the kind of authority I'm talking about. Church of God needs to rise up and get rid of the fear and the doubt and the negativity and realize that it's the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God, what you see displayed. It is the power and the presence of God. And that's what he wants to do in your life. So for some, you've got to get rid of the same old, same old, like what you're used to, the familiar Christianity of just yes and nice. You know, some of you just need to break out of your shell. Somebody need, some people, I'm telling you, you just need to break out of your shell because that shell is keeping you bound. That shell that's called religion, it's keeping you bound. That shell that, that's called well, the right way to do things, it's keeping you bound. The right way to do things is this. Jesus, I need you, Lord. That's the right way to do things. All in. All in. All in. We're all in. We're totally all in. 100%. There's nothing else for me. That's it. There's nothing else for you really either. You may think there's something else. There's nothing else that would even compare to him. Nothing. So the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. Well, the same applies to you. The more that you are afflicted, if you let it, there's always a choice. The more that you are afflicted, the more the opportunity for you to multiply and grow. The more the opportunity for you to exercise your gifts. The more that there's the opportunity for you to grow in your giftings. For you to make the devil pay. And some of you need to make the devil pay. Because he's been robbing you. And he's mocking you, by the way, at the same time. He's been robbing you and your children. And he's mocking you at the very same time. He's looking at you with that smile. And he's like, really? And you can't even get this. And you got to rise up and say, I'm going to multiply. And I'm going to grow. And I'm going to use the gifts that God has given me. And you're going to pay, devil. You're going to pay. That's right. 
You're going to pay. See, you wouldn't, some of you wouldn't even have the testimonies that you have had you not gone through that affliction. Some of you wouldn't even have a testimony had you not gone through anything. Everything you've gone through is because, you know, God's, you've gone through it. It's done. It's history. But it's a testimony now. What you're going through right now, God says, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to, that's going to be a testimony by the blood of the lamb and the word of the, and the word of their, do we overcome? We overcome the devil. We overcome the devil. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. We preach the blood. We preach the blood in this church and the word of your testimony. So if you're in the middle of your testimony and it seems a little bit difficult right now, if you're in the middle of a test, you know that it's a testimony that is in the making and you're going to be stronger than you were when you first came in. But you got to be able to see it and hang on to the promise in the middle of the middle of the trial. You got to be able to hang on. Remember the promises. They're what we said in the very beginning. They're all good. They're all good. And they're all coming to pass. Not one of them will fail. Not one. Not one will fail. So what has God promised you? What has he promised you specifically? I know what he's promised me. Not one will fail. And when you take that word and you decree it, the enemy is so fearful and frightened because he knows you're talking to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he knows he's defeated. He's defeated. The only time he has access is when a Christian, a believer, actually doesn't take the word seriously and doubts the word. In and out. Today I believe, tomorrow I don't. I'm in and I'm out. I fear, I don't fear. I doubt, I don't doubt. You know, in and out, in and out. The Bible says that's double-minded, unstable in all your ways. Don't even expect to receive. Unstable. Don't expect to. Instead, today, say, I'm getting rid of that double-mindedness. If the word says that it's mine, where are my word people? If the word says that it's mine... God says that I've got the mind of Christ. I don't care what I think right now. My, line, my thinking is going to line up with the word of God. I have the mind of Christ. And I'm going to not let two days go by before I align my thinking with the word of God. I'm not letting uh, three hours go by before I align my mind with the word of God. I'm not letting all this time go by and not allow my mind to be disciplined to align with the word of God. It's critical. It's critical. That's why some people are constantly taking one step forward and five or six backwards. Your mind. Promises. They're already promised to you. Hang on to them. Hang on. He's promised you provision. He's promised you for your children. He's promised you so many different things. Hang on to those promises in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the valley. Hang on. Because every promise that he has given you is not going to fail. He, he didn't let it fail for the Israelites. He's not going to, and his word says it's not going to fail. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. 8 through 10. We are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. You may be perplexed, but you're not in despair. You may be persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Look at the rest of that verse. We love that part. That's awesome. But look at the verse 10. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We are always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. The life of Jesus. 
You're walking with the manifested life of Jesus in you. So, yeah, you may be hard-pressed on every side. Yeah, it may be difficult. You may, you may be hard-pressed, but you're not crushed. You're not going to be crushed. You're not going to be destroyed. Okay, perplexed, but you're not in despair. You're not in, you may not know. You may have some questions, but you're not in despair. Don't let you let, don't let you, don't let the enemy cause you to be in despair. That's up to us. See, so many times people will allow the enemy do, to do things to them, like their minds and their thoughts and their course actions, and then they blame God. And then they wonder why God is allowing this. Well, my question is, why are you allowing it? Because God's already done everything for you. He's saying, just believe now. Just trust me. Just trust me at my word. Believe. 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 When you start to believe God, when you really truly start to look at the word and it becomes alive to you and you say, wow, every promise in here is mine. God's given me foresight. I know before it even happens. It is mine. It is yours. Before it even happens, God has given you this wisdom and this insight. Are we following? Are you doing it? Because when you, when you do it, because I can't assume everybody is doing this. When you do, your life will change. Your life will change. But some of you are so focused on, on the negativity that you can't even see what's right in front of you. We really need to change. We need to let the word of God be what's in us. So Psalm 34, 19 says, Many, of the afflictions, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. God is your deliverer. And whatever affliction you're going through right now, whatever heartache, whatever trial, God's going to deliver you. Do you. Either you believe this scripture, Psalm 34, 19, or you don't. He says he's going to deliver you out of them all. So I want you to think of the worst thing that's going on right now in your mind or in your life. The worst thing. Whatever is really, really bad. Something that's going on in your life right now. God's promise to you. Hang on to this promise. He says, I'm going to deliver you out of them all. Every single situation, I'm going to deliver you out of. I'm delivering you out of this. I'm delivering you out of it. Yes, there may be many afflictions right now. Yes, for the righteous, for the children of God. But I am going to deliver you out of them all. I should see everybody writing this scripture down right now. I should see everybody texting this scripture in their phone right now. Psalm 34, 19, it's yours. Hang on to it. The only way that you're going to grow in your walk is if you take the word seriously. So the, the Bible tells us how to deal with hardships. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 and 10. Tells us how to deal with hardships as servants of God. We commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles and hardships, distresses, in beatings and imprisonments, in riots and hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness, in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good reports. Listen to all this. Are you following along? Genuine, yet regarded as impostors. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. If we're not doing that, I'm going to stop right there. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. If we're not doing that part, just that part, we need to get it right. If we're not doing that part, we've got to get, make it right. 
You got to get it right. Choose to rejoice in the midst of your trial. It's simple. Choose. Discipline your life. Discipline your body. It's simple. It's simple when you do it because then your body gets used to having to listen to your spirit rule instead of your soul ruling. So sorrowful yet rejoicing. Poor yet making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. You may not have anything, but yet you possess everything. Some of you are looking at your bank accounts dwindling down, and you may say, I have nothing. Oh, no, you don't. You have everything. And you have that which is, call it forth. You have which God says, call it forth. You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established, so that light will be shining on your ways. You have what God has promised you, even when you don't see it in the natural, call it forth. Having nothing, you have everything. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. We take it by faith. God said it, so therefore it does make sense. It's 100% accurate. And you take it to the bank, and you take it up to God. Amen. You watch God work. You watch God work his word. You watch God work his word. In Acts 14, 22, it says, Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. That's what we're doing right now. That is what we're doing right now. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain. Encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Do you know that there are people that are losing their faith? They're turning. They're, they're, they're compromising. All kinds of compromise. Because the pressure is being poured so, it's, it's just so strong, right? And so there's so many that are compromising and are losing their faith. That, you know, they're, they're just saying this is okay, you know, and they're just caving in. But what did I just read to you? Acts 14, 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples. That's what we are to do to one another. Strengthening. Exhorting them to continue in the faith. We must, we must exhort, encourage, to continue in the faith. And in this version... It says here, to remain true to the faith, because not everyone is. Because the circle is getting drawn a little closer and a little smaller. But God has his remnant. He always does. And we are a part of that remnant. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Amen. I was waiting for an amen. I was waiting for an amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I was waiting for an amen. Like every Christian should have said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes, that's right, Lord. We must go through many hardships in order for us to enter into the kingdom of God. Many tribulation. Many tribulations. We must go through many tribulations to enter into the kingdom of God. Stop thinking that Christianity is this easy peasy, you know, no problem. You know, I can do it. You know, no, you can't. Stop. Move over and let the Holy Spirit work through you. You can't. Because if it's you doing it, it's not going to last. And it's not going to have the eternal weight that God wants you to and the fruit that God wants you to produce. It must be the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. You must be yielded. We must be yielded 100% to the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not any other spirit, the Holy Spirit. Don't give me that mixture, the Holy Spirit. Yes? When you are led by the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit of God will move through you with signs and wonders. When the Spirit of God is moving through you, everyone knows where you stand. There's no question about it. And we need to. We need to be that kind of a Christian, especially nowadays, where everyone knows where you stand. Does everyone know where you stand? They need, they need to know where you stand. You know why? 
because there are Christians that are need to hear. They need you to be strong for them. There are Christians that need to know, oh, wow, they're being bold for Jesus. They're actually taking God at his word, and they're standing strong, and they're encouraging me. There are Christians that are being encouraged by your walk if you stand firm and you let it be known. So what? Many tribulations. We enter through the kingdom of God through many tribulations. So why is it such a surprise? The Lord will pass over you because he's your Passover lamb. Your victory is in the blood. Let's go to Exodus 12. Your victory is in his blood. Stay under the blood. Say, I'm staying under the blood. I'm staying under the blood. Ezekiel 12. I'm sorry, not Ezekiel. Exodus 12, 21. Exodus 12, 21. And then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of his house stay under the blood stay under the blood none of you shall go out of that house right for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow, he will not allow, say it with me, he will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Do we believe God's word? When we stay in agreement with God's word, we get the promises to come to pass. When we don't, we don't. That's why you see so many people that are sick and dying. They stepped outside of the will of God. Maybe nobody told you. Stop blaming God for something that you did. God's word does not change. He says, I am the Lord God who healed you, and I heal you. I still heal. I am your healer. I am your healer. I am your healer. Do you know that when... When they left, when they left, let's go to Psalm 105. When they left Egypt, Psalm 105, verse 37, says, He also brought them out with silver and with gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. That means there was no sickness. That means there were none that were weak. That means they were all strong and healthy. All of them. All three million of them. All of them. That's pretty big. All of them. None. Not some. There were none that were feeble because they stayed under the blood. They did what God told them to do. They didn't go where God told them not to go. And they did what God told them to do. Stay under the blood. Be obedient to the word. Have a relationship with God that you even know what he wants you to do. So that you can follow correctly. Sometimes people get sick because they took matters into their own hands. And they're, they're at a place where they shouldn't go. I hear people do that all the time. God told me not to leave your church. I did and I got sick. Mm -hmm. God told me. I heard it so clearly. I heard it. I heard it two times so clearly. I left. I got sick. When God tells you, 
And that's just an example. When God tells you, don't do this, but then you do, you can't expect the blessing. You've got to expect the fact that there's going to be a consequence. Now, thank God for his mercy. Thank God that he's merciful. But why do we have to keep going through the same old cycle? Can't we start going forward? <laughs> can't we start going forward? We can't get too, much, too far if we just keep going in circles. And so we all mess up from time to time, but we got to have that mentality of saying, no, 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 no. Lord, show me in your word. Lord, speak to me. Like so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Not emotions, so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that, Lord, what are you speaking to me from your word? Because I want to make sure I obey. I want to walk. I want to mature. I, I'm talking to a mature bride, am I not? I'm talking to a mature bride. If I'm talking to a mature bride, then we understand that, yes, God does want your obedience. And obedience is not a curse word. There's blessing when you obey. It's not a legalistic word. Some people go, oh, obey, obey. Yes, we get to obey. We get to obey because we love him. We get to obey because there's a blessing in it. We get to obey because this is how God's lined it up. He's aligned it. When you obey, there's a blessing. And when you don't, there's a curse, plain and simple. Is that new to somebody? I hope not. I hope not. But seriously... You know me, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I will tell you exactly how it needs to be told. And then you can deal with God with it. You can go take it to the Lord, and you can say, Lord, show me. If you have a question in your mind, show, Lord, show me. He'll show you. Oh, he'll show you. And it'll be good. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Verse 24. We just read in verse 23. When the destroyer, when it comes, he's passing over. And he's not coming into your house. And he's not coming in to strike you. Look at verse 24. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and for your sons forever. And it will come to pass that when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service that you say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households when he struck the children of Egypt and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped, and the children of Israel went away and did so. The children of Israel went away, and they obeyed. And the Lord, and it says, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, and so they did. So the Lord will be your Passover because he's your Passover lamb. Amen? Amen. And the blood that we're referring to here is, is the blood of Jesus Christ. It was symbolic to the blood of Jesus, which brings salvation, right? And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, this is when, you know, Jesus said the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup and he said, this is the cup, the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We have the Old Testament in Exodus. And then here we have in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 11. The blood was symbolic of the blood of Jesus, which brings salvation. 
this Passover, the perfect Lamb of God that was sacrificed, that was put upon the doorpost, so that they went in, those that went under that blood were protected. But this was symbolic to what Jesus was going to do. And Jesus did this already for us. And we now have the blood of Jesus on our lives. We don't just have it over us, although we do symbolically apply it to our homes and to our lives. But we have the blood of Jesus in us. We have his DNA now. We have his resurrection power in us now. We have his Holy Spirit now. And we're one with him now. So it's not just external, but it's internal. Right? So if it's not just external, but it's also internal, how much more powerful are you in Christ than even the Old Testament people could have been? How much more powerful? Very, very powerful. But you've got to hang on to the promises of God. You've got to remember them, and you've got to remember them in and through the trial because it will, none of them will fail. Not one if you hang on to those promises. Amen? Amen. So Moses announced the final plague or at the 10th plague which is the death of the firstborn and then right when he went and announced the death of the of the of the well the plague so the death of the firstborn is is that, that right at that point when he went on to explain God's provision for his children which was the Passover so even in the midst of a difficulty look to God because the solution's already there it's already there so even in the midst of a difficulty or a trial ask him what's the solution to this Lord what is your provision? What have you already prepared for me, Lord? Because he'll tell you. He wants to answer his children. It's his delight to speak to you and to answer you. God loves you. It's his delight to commune with you. He wants you to ask. He wants you to recognize that my God is so good that even in the midst of a trial, he wants to give me the solution because he already has it. The solution is not something he has to figure it out. He's already, it's already done. It's already done. It's already been purchased. So ask him so that you know why? Because it'll build your strength, it'll, your faith. It'll strengthen you. It'll build your faith, right? So that you hang on to that, so that you see it come to pass. Hallelujah. So for those who have ears to hear, God will always speak of his deliverance. For those who have ears to hear, God will always speak of his freedom. And he will always speak of his provision before the trial comes. But don't give me that hardness of heart. Because if you have hardness of heart, you'll have to wait. So it's important that we stay in tune with his heartbeat and stay under his wings. Be sure to rejoice and count it all joy. That's what James tells us, count it all joy. James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy. So Israel's deliverance was just on the other side of the plague. Israel's deliverance, it was just on the other side of the plague, <laughs> right? And so endure, endure till the end, endure to the end. Church of God, we have to endure to the end. And this is going to be the last scripture that I give you tonight. Because the word says, for those who endure to the end will be saved. Those who endure to the end. Let's look at Matthew 24. I told you I was going to take my time with this because I want to make sure you get it. It's an important message. And I'm, and I'm believing that you are getting it. Like fully, truly. Look at verse 4. And it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. 
If Jesus is telling his disciples, be careful that no one deceives you, the possibility of being deceived is there. And if Jesus is the same, yesterday, today, and forever, then the possibility of you being deceived is there. Take heed. Be careful. Watch. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Again, in the midst of a threatening situation, see that you are not troubled. How? Rejoice in his promises. Rejoice in him. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Just the beginning, church. Just the beginning. Some people, I mean, I can't tell how many people ask me, do you think it's the end of the world? Do you think it's the end of the world? I think it's the end of the world. Like it's coming, like right now. No, guys. Hang on. Hold on to hold on to your seats. No, I tell them, no, marry your children. Go ahead and have grandchildren. Go ahead and live. Plant your vineyards. No, the end of the world is not coming right around the corner. The end of the world's coming, but it's not coming around the corner. You still better live and you better show yourself strong. You better stand up and pick up your armor and recognize the enemy is not going to win because I'm not done. Because God's not done. The gospel has not been preached to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Everyone has not heard of the gospel yet. Jesus is coming. It's just not yet. But he is causing you to rise up and to gain some spiritual muscles, even in through everything you see and hear right now. So instead of letting it cause you to have fear, instead, you say, oh, no, I'm rising up in faith. Uh, I'm rising up in faith. Uh, I'm going to adhere to the promises of God, which are yes and amen. I'm rising up in faith. Uh, all these, verse 8, are the beginning of sorrows, and they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. You will be hated. Some will be killed for my name's sake. Are you in? Are you in? Radical Christians, yes. Radical Christianity, yes. If you're not radical, then, then you're not serving God. You're not. If you're not radical for Jesus, then you're lukewarm. God didn't come for a, luke, for, for a lukewarm church. He's coming for a church on fire. A church on fire. A church that says, yes, Lord, I've, I've tasted, I've seen how good you are. I've read it in your word that you are for me and you're not against me. I've read it in your word that you're a good God and that you're following after me all the days of my life that I just need to look up to you. I've read it in your word that I just sit under the shadow of your wings. I've read it in your word that you're faithful to me all the time. You're faithful and you cannot deny your name because that's your character. I've read it in your word. I know I've seen it. I've seen it time after time after time, the rescuing of the Lord. I've seen it time after time. No one can tell me that God's promises are not yes and amen. No one, not even you. And I hope that's your, I hope that's your stance too. My prayer is that that is your stance as well. That no matter what you've gone through, no one can tell you otherwise because you you're in relationship with the king and you know he's good. No matter what, you're sold out for Jesus. And so, yes, you're radical. No matter how long it takes, you're radical. No matter what persecution may arise, you're radical for him. And you won't be silenced. You won't be silenced. Verse 10. 
and then many will be offended. Well, that's happened over and over and over again. So, hello, hello, and that's not ending, and that's not going to end because Jesus offended so many different people, and so am I right now. Praise God. Take it up with Jesus. And then many will be offended and will betray one another, and they will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. But he who endures to the end. We're going to endure to the end, church. We're going to endure to the end. But in our enduring to the end, we're not going to just barely hope we make it. That's not the kind of enduring I'm talking about. Lest you thought I was. I'm talking about the radical faith that says, as I endure, I'm walking in victory. I'm talking about that. As I endure, I'm chopping the heads of the devil. I'm chopping every demon head off. I'm going to use their own sword, by the way, just like David used Goliath's sword. I'm going to use their own sword, by the way, but they're going to be destroyed and defeated because I'm rising up, and as I endure, I'm going to shout that the Lord God is good. I'm not just barely enduring. I'm not just barely just hanging on there. I'm hoping, oh, I hope this is a good day. Well, I hope this is going to work. Well, I hope this is going to work. I hope it's going to be okay. I hope, are you kidding me? It is because God already said, I'm for you. I'm not against you. He already said you're victorious. He already said that I am coming. I'm riding on a white horse and you are going to prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all rise to our feet. Let's all rise to our feet. Father, I thank you for an on fire church. I thank you for a church that knows the power of God. I thank you for a church that will not be denied. I thank you for a church that knows the promises of God are yes and amen. And as they adhere to the promises of God, as they endure to the end, they shall be saved. Our children shall be saved. Our loved ones are being saved right now. Our destiny right now is being set. It is being determined by your faith and by your shout. Let everyone Shout yes! Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. The last verse. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. You want to know when the end will come? Preach the gospel and let God determine it. Because the gospel still needs to be preached. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Give God the glory. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Where's, my, where's uh, James? It's James. Yeah, there he is. Come on up, James. He's going to do our tithes and offerings tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah.